Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fangs. We're back, man. Episode 290. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right. Before we get into this episode, I want to preface one thing. We're, we're dropping this on Friday morning. And it's because Keith we're is- We're recording go- it Friday morning. Yeah, not yeah, recording it Friday morning, mm-hmm. excuse me. And it's because Keith is going to the Niner game on Sunday. He's going to be taking off tomorrow. Yeah. So we wanted to you know get this done early. Yes, sir. Um, I'll be watching the Niner game from home. Uh <laughs> But yeah, 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 that's why we're dropping it early, just to allow him the convenience to get out there, out in San Francisco, and enjoy the festivities, right? Yes, sir. All right. Um, and before we get started, we want to shout out our friends over at Road Warrior Fitness. Um, Road Warrior Fitness is it's they're creating an apparatus, or they've created an apparatus that's workout equipment, uh, more specifically targeting truck drivers. Uh, a lot of times on the roads, you don't get the time to exercise. You're always running loads if you're an OTR guy, and uh, exercise is not as convenient. However, there are no excuses, and I'm about to show you guys what this looks like here. All right. All right. What you got here is a foldable, it's like a foldable plate, right? And each peg that's connected to this unfoldable plate targets different areas of the chest you got triceps um you've got your back here um you got your back oh see i just said back uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have these actual straps that you can connect to the pegs that you could use for your lats you could put this thing flat and do incline or decline push-ups if you put your feet up on a chair you could get declined you could get inclined by putting it up on a platform and pushing up from there um this allows you to not make excuses man you have to do something, not to mention truck drivers get a, uh, a medical clearance every two years. You have to pass your medical, right? So even if you're a big truck driver, you still have to have some element of fitness in order to be able to drive a truck. They don't want you stroking out or having high blood pressure or having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> having something this convenient on the road with you is paramount to your health, mm-hmm. okay? You definitely need this. Um, and I'll say this too. It's not just for drivers. This is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the product that's necessary for somebody that if you work a sedentary job, you're in the office and you don't, yeah. you know, you work in 14 hours a day and you don't have the energy to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. You could bust out 10 sets of 10, mm-hmm. you know, or you could do it throughout the day, do five reps. And there's yeah. also a study, right? There's a study that I found to be really important, uh, that I'd like to, t- to attach to this. Is this during a 10-year study period, 37 um, cardiovascular disease-related outcomes were reported. All but one occurred in men who completed 40 or more push-ups during the baseline exam. The researchers calculated that men able to do more than 40 push-ups at a 96% reduced risk of cardiovascular disease events compared to those who were able to do less than 10 push-ups. And I'm just saying, eliminate the excuses. And head on over to roadwarriorfitness.org and purchase one of these today. And yeah. that's for people who are over the road. Now, some people might say, I'll just, I could just do push-ups for free and I could do them on the ground. Do you sure you want to touch those nasty-ass grounds or nasty floors out there at truck stops? Yeah. The same places that drivers take pisses at? You also didn't mention the um, the, the bungee cord. Is yeah. it about a bungee cord? Yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could, you could do your, your lats. I mentioned mm-hmm. you could do your... Well, I didn't mention you could do your biceps. Mm-hmm. You could do bicep curls by standing on a platform and putting it within those hooks. Mm-hmm. But you can also do lat pulls. If you do bend, you could bend over and pull them towards your yeah. pull it towards your pocket. Mm-hmm. And you can hit your lats that way. 
Yeah, hit them lats. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of times as drivers, you know, you get real complacent. You're just driving, making money, but you're doing nothing for your health. Mm-hmm. Health is well. So if you're just driving a truck and you look like shit and you feel like shit, you won't be driving long because you'll be dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got you got a family to take care of. Make sure you make sure you go to your medical exams with full confidence. Mm-hmm. You want to get you want if you're waiting to get loaded or you're being unloaded, you can take this shit out, get out of your truck, and do push-ups. Yeah. You know you could do burpee stand in place. You can get your 10,000 steps in and also take this apparatus with you, and you'll be able to get everything done that you need, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I could talk to him blue in the face, right? So we're going to get moving. However, make sure you head over to roadwarriorfitness.org, okay, and tell them a Trucker's Mind podcast sent you. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Burger King. Right, and that's kind of a weird transition. We just talked about you know <laughs> workout equipment and being a healthy truck driver, and then you go you right into Burger, Burger King. King. Yeah, right. I might have to stop by Burger King after the pod. Let's talk about the King, mm-hmm. and I ain't talking about LeBron James. <laughs> Burger King, um, Burger King uh, is fa- is facing a lawsuit alleging burgers are too small. Just says so. This is getting serious. They are on Burger King's ass for this shit. All right. A judge has ruled that Burger King must face a clash action lawsuit, accusing the chain of false advertising, joining the ranks of other fast food giants like McDonald's, Burger King and Taco Bell. The latest in the line of similar legal actions, the lawsuit was originally filed in March 2020 and accused the burger chain of falsely inflating the size of its signature Whopper sandwiches and promotional materials. Uh, The suit claims that the burger made Whoppers appear twice as large as they actually are in advertisement, while the actual burger served customers are 35% smaller than, the, than those marketed. Burger King advertises its burgers as large burgers compared to the competitors and containing oversized meat patties and ingredients that overflow the bun, said the filing. So they on your ass, Burger King. <laughs> you motherfuckers thought you had one, didn't you? Okay, <laughs> It's the hot burger summer over here. You're not getting away with none of that. Here's my thing. I absolutely, I absolutely think that some of these companies are getting away with murder. This is highway robbery. Okay. Now, when you think of the company Arizona, the drinks, they've been 99 cents for many years. But what people don't realize is they've reduced two ounces. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's allowed it to be 99 cents, but they had to remove two fucking ounces in order for that to happen. Some of them be 89 cents. Yeah, some. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But is that you? That's you, man. Uh, You're ringing. Somebody from Texas calling. Yeah, man. You got to you got to get it together, Keith. I'm on the thing. We got a podcast to do here. Okay, we don't they have time. Done. They double. We called. don't have time for interruptions, Keith. Okay. I, I, might, I don't know who's in Houston, Texas calling me. I that might be Beyonce. I don't know. It might be Burger King. They're on to us. <laughs> Are you niggas talking about patties over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It ain't right. And, and, and here's the thing. First of all. I don't think that the employees take pride in the burgers they make. And it's one because they're not being treated properly and they're being paid shit wages. So when they make your patty, it will not look anything like the commercial because they, they, I mean, it's, they are abusing those patties because they're already frustrated. They're not getting paid any money. (laughs) I've seen them back there. I've seen a dude. I've literally seen a dude that was on break at Burger King. He was smoking a cigarette. He came back inside. He walked straight to the kitchen. He didn't go and wash his hands. And he was making a burger with no gloves on. And McDonald's? 
No, Burger King. And Burger King? God damn. Somebody had a cigar burger. That's what they had. <laughs> they had they had a whopper with an extra side of ash. <laughs> you know, and who knows? That person might smoke cigarettes and they might have cats. Yeah. So this guy's petting cats, smoking cigarettes, and now you got a cat burger. That's fucked up. Yeah, that double Marlboro. Yeah, ain't right, man. <laughs> and you know, with with things that things that are like a, a sp- I, I would compare a burger bun to like a sponge. It, it, like abs- it kind of yeah. it absorbs smells and textures, right? Yeah. So if you take a bite of a burger and you got just a hint of a fucking menthol, a menthol cigarette on your bun, you could taste that. You could taste that, mm-hmm. and now you've got fucking secondhand smoke <laughs> in your pan. You got lung cancer. Yeah. You, you got to cook meth to pay the bills. Right. Yeah. You've created a domino effect in my life. <laughs> you put drugs in my sandwich. <laughs> that was a breaking bread. I don't want Walter White making my fucking burgers at, at Burger King. You know what? I hate to say this. This is going to sound bad. I think we're going to be the generation that's going to see Burger King shut down. Dang. And I say that because it seems like it's losing its luster as the years go on. Uh, they try things and they just fail. They 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 created the Nelly Mill or the his real name. What was his real name? I can't remember his real name. But it was a terrible fucking name. Yeah. Nelly's real name, he just sounded like an elderly black man. <laughs> yeah. And, and they created a meal for him. And I'm like, <clears throat> dude, you used a rapper that's not even relevant. And no disrespect to Nelly, but he's not currently relevant. Yeah. And you and you made a can you find, are you going to try to look for it? Yeah, I'm looking for it. If you just put Nelly Mill, this should pop it up. Yeah. Cornell Haynes. That was his name, I think. Cornell Haynes, I think. Yeah, it's not showing in this. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. It says uh, Nelly Selections, a.k.a. the Cornell Haynes Jr. Mill. Terrible fucking name. Flame, grill whop, flame Grilled Whopper with cheese. It wasn't what it didn't have like it's nothing spe- like nothing specific and it had a real his real government name on there I didn't get terrible that. you sound <laughs> like a, a black R and B singer from the fifties like this is not a good marketing scheme <laughs> and you and you're just selling me the same product it's not original at least when McDonald's created names for items like the Saweetie meal they had the Saweetie sauce and they kind of you know it was still the same products but they kind of made it seem like they it just was kind of branded it a little right different. yeah you just literally put Nelly's government name on the on the thing and he, and his government name it's not like Sean Carter or right. Sean Combs or Curtis Jackson where it's like uh, widely known that these are right you know these people's government names it's you know we just call him Nelly yeah, and what's weird too is I think that these people that work in marketing for these big companies, they're old. They're not of the culture either. So what's funny is they're finding the most commercially, like a, a commercial artist that was big in like 2004. There's some like 58-year-old dude. He's like, you know what Burger King needs? Nelly. People love Nelly. He'd be great. And it's like, dude, this is some 58-year-old man. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, dude, you're not, you don't, you don't understand the landscape of the time. Yeah. Nelly ain't hot in her no more. No, that that shit was, that shit ain't been around in a long time. You got to yeah. find a new artist. And, that, and no disrespect to Nelly, it's just like, you know, anybody of that magnitude, like, he's a legend, but also like, he yeah. not, no one's going to Burger King to to get the, the Cornell Haynes meal. People yeah. was going though. I got the Sweetie meal myself. 
You know he did. Saying? Yeah. He was supporting women's empowerment when you got the yeah. sweetie meal. I was like, oh, this guy's really for it. Supporting BBLs. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say this, and this sounds fucked up, but uh, Sweetie got the nicest fake body I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Sweetie, fine, bro. I'm, I'm sorry. Sweetie, Sweetie is fine. And I, I like her personality, too. She seems like a very sweet girl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That BBL's sweet. Like that sauce from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man um but i think if you put me and keith ahead like at the head of marketing for these companies we make them so much fucking money yeah. just because we're not so old and out of the loop yeah. that we understand what's taking place and you also have to pick artists where the name kind of flows with the company like if you got a little baby and you got the little baby meal little baby burger that'd be fucking that'd be huge yeah the little baby burger be crazy, and you and what you could do is you could be like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna flip this menu. We're not gonna make this like the same shit. We're gonna get we gonna get a chicken patty and a fish patty, right? Yeah. And we gonna put some Big Mac sauce on that motherfucker, mm-hmm. and put lettuce and onions on it. You know what? Actually, it was like kind of worked was uh, like the wrap snacks. Yeah, yeah. Like the wrap, I be, the wrap snacks is in Sam's Club. That's crazy. I yeah. just seen I just seen Masterpiece cereal at Food Max. Really? Yeah, the Snoop Loops and shit. Yeah. He's got an animal. I don't know what kind of animal it is, but it's like a creature. Yeah. And it's like the it's like giving a thumbs up. Masterpiece, you gotta do a better job at the cover on the box though, man. Yeah. Yeah, make him say uh oh's. I don't know what that's selling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like diarrhea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah, what was it called? A, a, a Woe the Crunch. <laughs> Woe the Crunch. <laughs> Woe the Crunch. <laughs> hey, man. And he says, and the thing about, I, I love his, I love his his uh, his nature uh, when it comes to him being a, uh, on, his entrepreneurship, his entrepreneur uh, nature about him is, is amazing. Yeah. But sometimes you could be selling yourself short when you just put out items that don't really grab people mm-hmm. you gotta do a better job at that mm-hmm. um but yeah man uh yeah i think that sometimes one thing i realized i took a business uh, a couple business courses before and the biggest thing that they say is you want to get into a space that's not super competitive um right. or if you do get into a space super competitive what um delineates you from the other brands and the other companies so um, I think he has that. Master P has that. Like with the, he's kind of catering to more of a hip hop thing, right? With it, with his noodles and stuff like that. But I just think in general, when you hop into a space where it's already like you competing with Nike and all these other brands, like good luck. Yeah, you got man. so much marketing money that you know you you not really gonna have a a, a, a way in unless you spend incomparable dollars. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent, man. I just. Uh, I'll say this though, man. I, some of these companies, they think we're stupid. Mm-hmm. They think that we, like, I was eating a Big Mac one time, and I, I questioned, did I get bigger, or did these Big Macs get smaller? Mm. You know what? What's what's the fine line here? Mm-hmm. Are, are are my eyes lying to me, or are they? And you got to understand, companies can remove small amounts of something to make it appear as if it's never changed. Yeah. And they do it in such a masterful way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know McDonald's, when I look at those patties and it's like a Big Mac, I'm like, there's nothing really big about this. This A, 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 a Big Mac is simply a McDouble with the extra bun in the middle. When you really think about it, it's an extra bun with lettuce and Mac sauce. 
That is all it is. So what I do instead of getting a Big Mac, I get a McDouble and I just add Mac sauce to it. <laughs> I'm not paying all that money for an extra system. Yeah, I'm not yeah. paying all that extra money for an extra bun. But the Mac, the big, the Big Mac though, sometimes it'd be fire. Oh yeah, Big Mac the is big, good. The McDouble with Mac sauce is fire, um, but it's slightly different. The big the, with the sesame seed bun and the and the lettuce. Sometimes it sometimes you, it just calls for a Big Mac, but for the most part, get you a McDouble with some Mac sauce on there, and uh, it's still gonna be a twenty dollar meal. But you know, my God, it's a little, it's a little cheaper. Yeah, the, the the amount of money you pay to go places. I I, I knew a dude. Well, I had a conversation with the driver. And he said he had, I think he had three kids with one on the way. I said, oh, bro. I said, when you guys go out to eat, you ain't spending no less than 100 bucks every time. He's like, yeah, bro, every time. Yeah. I one of my like, guys went out. He got like four, got four or five kids. And he's spending, you know, 200 plus every time he go out. That's insane, man. We just went to the movies um, on Wednesday. And uh, everything, it was, I think it was like 50 some dollars, like close to $60 just for two people. Popcorn, two tickets, and and some gummy bears. Damn, I was just like, gummy Damn. bears is pricey, man. Yeah, yeah, and a drink too. But it was just everything is so expensive, man. Yeah, you got to really, okay. you got to make light, real life decisions when you when you go out. When you step outside of the house, it's like, you know, you really gotta, you know, make sure you you spend it properly. But one thing about these, uh, the way that the a lot of people don't realize the way that these um, commercials are made, like when they do the, the Whopper commercial and they throw it on the grill and the charbroiled and all this stuff like that. Or what is it? Charbroiled? Charbroiled. Charbroiled. Yeah, charbroiled. Um, Keith has a speech impediment. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I don't have a charbroiler at the crib. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But um, a lot of t- it's 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 designed for like a commercial, like, they're filming it, you know, with these fancy cameras and stuff like that, yes. right? So, for example, like when you're shooting an ice cream commercial, ice cream melts. So, if you've yes. ever seen ice an ice cream commercial, just know that it's not. They don't got no scoop of Hagen Dogs just out there, like just uh, you know, shooting a three hour, four hour commercial with fancy lights and heat and stuff like that. The the ice cream is going to melt, right? So, basically, what I'm saying is a lot of this stuff is fake. You know, the cheese might actually be plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lettuce might, you know, the lettuce may or may not be real. It may be like dry freezed or whatever the case may be. Or it might, the lettuce might be real, but the hamburger patty, it might be, it might be real, but it might have something in the center to give it that fullness. So um, I just say that to say a lot of this stuff is like designed for f- photographs and commercials. It's not really the same. A lot of that stuff is not even edible. You know, sometimes they'll do a syrup commercial and it's actually oil just because it has mm-hmm. a certain like a certain thickness or a certain look to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just just know you getting played mm-hmm. in real life because they're not using like real hamburgers that we eat in the stores. What's fucked up, too, is I think our, our media and uh, not only media and marketing has been fueled by fake news from yeah. the from the very beginning. Like uh, even when it was a Jesse Owens was in the Olympics, I think he, what he did the triple jump, right? He did the long jump. He did the long jump. Yeah, and uh, and he was in Germany, correct? That was mm-hmm. during the Germany Olympics. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was smoking all them Germans. They was like, ah, Heidemannuten, Hasinas, Heidemannuten, Wiener Schnitzel. They was mad as a motherfucker, right? <laughs> there was a photographer. 
like after he won, they didn't catch those shots of him in real time. What they did is after he had won, they had him come back and do those jumps. And they took pictures of him as if it was done concurrently, mm -hmm. but they they framed the pictures in a way as as if he had did that in real time, mm -hmm. and it's not real. All I'm saying is is a lot of the shit that we are receiving is fake mm -hmm. because they know they don't they know that it's less appealing when you put actual real time or concurrent things. And you sell it to the to the to the people. It doesn't look as amusing, I guess, or it doesn't yeah. look as interesting. Mm -hmm. And when I see these commercials, I'm not influenced by it because I know it's fake beef. Yeah, it's fake. And and also, you ever see a commercial where they put a patty on a bun and then the patty like jumping, mm -hmm. like the patty look like it's like it's like a pillow. It's like the patty like twerking almost. <laughs> the patty the patty bounce. Like, yeah, that's how they be doing with the lettuce too. The lettuce be like bouncing, like. Uh, kind of moist it got like yeah. some water on it it just hit the little bun and it just like you and you don't know that the the lettuce looks moist but they got some motherfucker spraying water on it as yeah. it's dropping down and then they got a fucking eight thousand they got a, no they got a hundred fifty thousand dollar camera that's above it yeah and it's shooting down on the bun getting this view yeah. and it's got a bun and then it's got a camera that's looking at the patty from the back while the patty dropped this way it's like dude yeah like it's just burger porn at that point ha <laughs> I think that food and porn is almost the same thing yeah. because they're using these illusions or they're using they're using these products mm -hmm. and they're selling something that's that doesn't translate in real life. Mm -hmm. And it's affecting people. Mm -hmm. People are eating food and they don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. They're eating food not just because it tastes good. It's because it's how it's being sold. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like when people watch porn, it's not normal to you're not going to you're not going to have sexual women that got asses like that in real life yeah they just you're just not you might have a few in your life yeah but oftentimes it's not gonna translate women are not gonna get a dude with a big fat 12 inch cock that's not real life yeah but when you watch enough porn it will skew your view of the world it will skew your view of sex and people and people's view of few of food has been skewed so bad that when they pull up to the drive-thru, they think about that fucking commercial they was watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when they get the... It, you got to realize, too, that that burger that you get is wrapped up. And like you said, the people that's making these burgers, um, when you when it's five cars in a in the drive-thru and you got to get these orders out, they not they not taking the time and the care no. of like a five-star restaurant no. to make sure the patty is not nope. smushed in the burger. I mean, the bun is just perfectly placed they just wrapping them up real yeah. quick and sliding them down the they line. probably dropped it on that floor <clears throat> yeah they I'm probably right. dropped it right on that floor and they and there was like five second rule <laughs> <laughs> that's sick they wrapped your shit up they put ketchup yeah. on it whatever that is it might be good yeah that eats, i don't know a little see, floor seasoning yeah oh man they, oh man you never know it's got it's got cigarette ash on that <laughs> that's the secret sauce man. oh man it's still got shit from the uh, seasonings yeah that ain't it man but yeah, uh, all I'll say is this: don't allow, uh, don't allow these companies to influence you to buy a product unless you really want to do it, mm -hmm. um, and they could be misleading you. Just make sure you use your best judgment when you go any place, and mm -hmm. go to places you like, man. Like yeah. the, the, the like literally, if you really think about it, there are no items that any burger company or any mainstream burger company can come out with that is original. There is nothing they can do at this point. 
When you got burgers, you can only sell them so many ways. Try the new jalapeno bacon cheddar uh, this burger. All mm-hmm. they did was add two items, bro. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything groundbreaking. Yeah. Try our new, uh, what, what they use these words. Try the new all Angus beef. Mm-hmm. You know, try our Wagyu burger. If they come out with a Wagyu burger, just know that bitch going to be $20. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no point of doing it, man. Yeah, they was throwing the Angus beef like when I was in junior high. They was throwing that around. Try the new Angus beef. And, mm-hmm. and, and what's funny is motherfuckers don't even know what Angus means. They just like, oh, yeah. That's, that's something new. That's got to be something new. Mm-hmm. Try our quarter pounder with cheese. It don't really be a quarter pound. Nah. You, if, uh, here's the thing. Somebody actually got on McDonald's ass because they took the patty and they weighed that motherfucker too. <laughs> they said, yeah, this ain't it. This ain't no quarter pound. How much How much did it weigh? I forgot what it was, but it wasn't no quarter pounder. Yeah. Because you got to realize meat be having a bunch of like fluid in it too, like water. Yeah. So you, once you cook the patty, you cook that water out. So to their defense, they probably say, oh, it's a quarter before pound before it's cooked. cooked. Yeah. Right, but they're not talking about it. It also be cold, so it got a little mm-hmm. bit of frozen particles on there. Mm-hmm. And it's got that fat in it. So what's happening too is once you cook that fat out, mm-hmm. all them juices just run out. Yeah. So it's like, okay, McDonald's, you got me today. Yeah. Not tomorrow, buddy. Or maybe they measure in the whole hamburger. Probably. <laughs> Probably. They found, you got to realize, they found, these companies are geniuses. They got lawyers. They found a way to protect themselves from lawsuits. <laughs> it's like, bro. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears, man. Switching gears, do do do. McDonald's. We went from two. We went from we went from selling health with RoadWarriorFitness.org to Burger King, and now McDonald's. Yeah. God damn. I'm for sure going somewhere. Something. This is news, though, folks. This is just news. Okay. We're not trying to push the idea of fast food on anyone. Yeah. However, Mick the McRib is back. Okay. Um. After giving a farewell farewell tour, they um, turned around and they kind of lied about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, although McDonald's told customers that the McRib was gone for for good last year, it's coming back this fall. The company hasn't said where and exactly when the customers can find a sandwich. Mm. Fear not, McRib loyalists. It seems McDonald's 2022 McRib farewell tour farewell tour farewell. Farewell tour. Oh, speech impediment, huh? Holy shit. Somebody call the cops. All right. (laughs) Was nothing but a ruse. The famous or infamous barbecue slathered pork sandwich will return from its brief retirement for 2023 fall season. McDonald's confirmed Wednesday. Uh, But fans might have to put in some work if they want to lay their hands on the evasive sandwich. Okay. Here's the thing, man. These companies are not slick. I... I can see what they're doing. What they're doing is they're creating, um, they're creating a nostalgic or nostalgia. They're, well, they're they're benefiting from nostalgia mm-hmm. because the McRib was something that always came and went throughout our whole lives. Mm-hmm. I've never been a big fan of it. I never really cared. I haven't had McRib in fucking oh god, probably over a decade. Yeah, I haven't had it in a long time. Oh, it's been a long time since I had it, and I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. And if you really look at what a McRib looks like without that sauce, it's gray. Okay, it is a gray piece mm-hmm. of pork that is shaped like a rib, and it's not really a rib. Yeah. But see what happens when you sell things to people? You can say anything. You make it a McRib, you shape it, and you sell it to people, and they're like, mm, "This is good." Yeah. Even though I mean the pig's asshole, this is the best asshole I've ever eaten. Oh dang. Yeah. Um. 
But they've done the same thing with the Mexican pizza at Taco Bell. Everyone went fucking crazy. It's not right. Why did they take away the Mexican pizza? They need to bring the Mexican pizza back. They had Doja Cat came out. She was fighting for it. All kind of people were fighting for the, the goddamn pizza, the, the Mexican pizza to come back. Mm-hmm. It ain't nothing but two fucking hard shells with sauce and bullshit. It's not nothing great. Yeah. But everybody wanted it back mm-hmm. be- because it was an item. They say, I only went for the Mexican pizza. And then once the Mexican pizza came back, it created... Uh, just this, it just created this um, this need for it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it created a demand by using nostalgia as like, hey, we're gonna leave and we're never coming back. Yeah, and it's kind of like people say it's it's almost like you don't know a good thing till it's gone. But even yeah. when something is not a good thing, you can make it appear something good when you take it away. Yeah. People just want options. I yeah, think that's what they want. Yeah, because there wasn't nobody buying that Mexican pizza. Nah, I never, I never once went up there and said, "You know what? Let me get that Mexican pizza right now. <laughs> I want it right now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I was like, "Hey, hey, hey, you guys, mm-hmm. stop what you're doing and make that goddamn Mexican pizza right now." Yeah, I looked at like part of the reason why the um. The McRib is like seasonal and it only comes like at the end of every year. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was like due to like the the prices of, of pork. pork and then also like the demand for it. So mm-hmm. I guess at this time of the year it might be like more demand or the the amount, you know, McDonald's is such a huge um such a huge restaurant that they probably just run out for yeah. after a few months. I bet you if the pigs have any type of conscious or, or any type of consciousness. They're like, oh fuck, here we go again. <laughs> they got my uncle last year. Now they Yeah. Get, they yeah. be chilling all year. And then right around November, they just getting sliced up. You be like, God damn. Yeah. Poor pigs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a real big pork guy myself. I don't really eat a lot of pork at all. Really? Nah. I wa I I I stopped for a while. Um, but I just like I like the flavor of it. So I was like, in my mind. Specific though, what kind of pork? Um, I like bacon. Yeah, that's, that's um, I like thing. ribs. Uh, I like you know sausage patties. Pretty much any. I think as far as like a flavor goes, just like a like a flavor straight out straight off the bone. Like yeah. pork is pretty good. It's just bad because you know the meat. the way that you know the horse. I mean the horses, but the pigs. Whoa! <laughs> but the pigs, the way they 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 diet is constructed. Um, yeah, it's just bad. But the meat tastes tastes pretty good to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the McRib is gray. I just want y'all to know that. Yeah. I don't know how it how it's gray, but once they freeze it and they ship it and stuff, you see the McRib slathered in that sauce. And and within that sauce, it looks decent, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they also give you the illusion that it's grilled. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed those little charcoal little marks? marks on there? Yeah. But all that is is a charcoal. <clears throat> it's like it's, it's literally... Uh, a crayon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. They get a crayon and scribble on that motherfucker, mm-hmm. and they call it a, a like a char a char mark. Yeah, bro, that's not okay. Yeah, how is that good for consumption? <laughs> I don't know. That's wild, bro. Yeah, you take it a crayon and you just rub it across it. Mm-hmm. And then you put sauce on it, and it's gray, and we eat it. Mm-hmm. You wonder why our mental health is fucked up. We've been eating a bunch of crayons. Have you seen? Uh, I think I might have sent you the video, but it was a, um, it was a guy, a black dude, 
um, he'd be doing a lot of like little reaction videos. And um, he was like, yo, we got to start looking at the the ingredients on this great value uh, I seen stuff. That. Yeah. And it was like some syrup. But it was like some freaking anchovy particles in Fish. inside of the yeah in the um in the syrup and it was just like what like this is maple syrup all you need is the stuff straight from the straight from the tree like where are all these chemicals coming from but if they go mass produce it they gonna find a way to put some chemicals in there to stretch it I I just don't get that though yeah. Yeah, and 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 what's funny too? You knew shit was weird when you got some tuna and it said like whale free on it, or yeah. what, it said, what it said uh whale uh what I, I guess some particles of whale was getting in the motherfucking tuna. And it's, that's crazy. You never seen those? Mm-mm. It say like or it say whale or dolphin free. I forgot what it says. Yeah. Huh, let's see here. Let me see whale free tuna. But they've been te- they've been kind of putting it right in front of our face for a long time. Yeah. Have you ever seen like a like a cheeses commercial or some type of chip commercial and um the commercial takes place in a lab, like a laboratory with people with lab coats and stuff in there? Dolphin safe, my bad. Go ahead. I said, have you ever seen a commercial for like Cheez Its or a chip or any sort of like, you know, cracker or, you know, like kind of store bought cookie? And the commercial is like in a lab setting, like people with lab coats. Yeah, that's on weird. Stuff. Yeah, but that they've been this, they've been putting it in front of our face for a long time. Like all yeah. they're doing is mixing chemicals together, and yeah. um, putting it in front of us. Yeah, it, it, there shouldn't be a motherfucker in a lab coat making my food, bro. Yeah, no, and not at all, not at all. But see, here's the thing, though. What I've learned, and I can't go through a deep dive, is the the freaking cigarette industry ended up getting the reins to a lot of these food companies. Mm-hmm. And they're like over it, so they allowed. Before there was a lot of stiff restrictions on what can go in food, mm-hmm. but after these large cigarette corporate or big tobacco got involved and bought a lot of these food corporations out, it allowed a lot of additives into the fucking food. Mm-hmm. So if you read something and it's in the and it's got a long word, and you if you can't pronounce what's on the packaging or the ingredient list is too long, don't fucking buy it. If the if you read if you read some rice, let's say it's like prepackaged rice. If that shit just say rice, uh, uh, if it just say rice, that's all it should say. Yeah, a lot of times it'd be like enriched bleach and yeah, enriched bleach. This, this, and that, and this yeah. and that. It's like, bro, you eating, you are eating some motherfucking Dexter's Laboratory rice, man. Yeah, yeah, that you don't don't do that. Yeah, and you gotta realize it's going into <clears throat> us, and it's driving our cells crazy, man. Mm-hmm. This is getting in our body and fucking us up. Okay, what what do they put? Why do they put dolphin safe on tuna? A dolphin safe label is intended to show compliance with the U.S. laws and regulation of tuna fishing operations. The dolphin protection consumer information uh, describes the condition in which tuna product may be labeled dolphin safe in the United States. I mean, hey, if you ask me, I think we was eating dolphins, bro. That's what I think. <laughs> I think the dolphin, <coughs> the, the dolphin tuna tasted different in the nineties, man. Think so? Oh yeah, the dolphin tuna was good. Was it good? Only problem is, is when you eat, you gotta watch out for that fucking blowhole. <laughs> you know, if you eating it, a bunch of water shoot on you, be like these motherfuckers put dolphin in here yeah. again. I remember one time I ate a tuna sandwich and I was like, eat, 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 eat. <laughs> <laughs> so nigga, had a, nigga had to tune the sound. Start, I started doing tricks in the pool. <laughs> All of a sudden, I had the desire to go to SeaWorld. Oh, like, man. <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> dolphins are so fucking smart. Yeah, they're but, one of the smartest animals. But they, they say that dolphins, like dolphins have this sense of certain things going on within our bodies. Yeah. Uh, there was a woman, there was a couple women that said, um, uh, I guess she wanted the dolphin to like like glide her away, but instead of gliding her away, <clears throat> the dolphin kind of just kind of like stayed the dolphin kind of like just stayed around her and gently kept moving away. Mm-hmm. And it's because the dolphin could sense that there was a baby. There was multiple women that were pregnant, but they weren't showing yet. And the dolphin kind of like was around, but he didn't want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. So he kind of just moved away. And it was it was gliding everybody away. It was grabbing them and like guiding them away. But it wouldn't take her. Yeah. And it's because she was pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know, like obviously intelligence because you can teach like certain animals how to do certain tricks. But I think more than just being like smart is just uh, like very intuitive. You know, it's a lot of like um, I think a lot of animals have that sixth sense. Like, you know, like they know um, inherently like when storms are coming and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I have a lot of emotional. Some of them, I think, I have a lot of emotional intelligence. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. But to not to stray too far um, in regards to the <clears> fucking <throat> McDonald's, they've also done this with the Choco Taco. I don't know if you guys remember back in the day with the Choco Taco, they basically say, "Hey, we're discontinuing this forever," you know. And then everybody was like, it played on their emotions. They're like, "Oh my god, I remember these as a kid. I always had these as a kid." Yeah. And then they brought the Choco Taco back. I think that these companies are doing the same thing. They, they're taking an old item, and it may not be selling that great now. And mm-hmm. they're like, hey, we want to keep this item around, but we don't want to waste money. We want to create a need for something. Yeah. And then let's see how it sells. Yeah. That's insane. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of it's kind of toxic though, bro. You think about it. It's like a toxic relationship. <laughs> it's like people. It's it's no different than people that break up four to six times. Like they break up. And it, they're so toxic that they create a need for that person again because that person's not there. Yeah. What what was what would be something that you would like? Not saying you would be like uh, protesting, but what would be something that you would be like tripping if they they got rid of? It could be like something that's in a convenience store or in a fast food restaurant. This is a good question. You mean just got rid of in general? Yeah, like, you know, the same way they was tripping about the Mexican taco. Like, what would be your Mexican taco? I mean, Mexican pizza. <clears throat> oh, man, that's a that's a good one. And you know what's funny is I don't eat these all the time, but if they got rid of them, I'd be like, why? Why the fuck would you do that? Mm-hmm. That's the honey bun. Mm. If they just said we're going to discontinue honey buns, I'd be like, who the fuck said that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like I enjoy a good honey bun from time to time. It's the most uh, one of the most unhealthy things ever, but I, yeah. when I do eat it, I am never ever disappointed. Yeah, never disappointed. I can't remember the last time I had a honey bun and I was like, that wasn't worth it. I think the best, in my opinion, the best honey buns is uh, the Duchess brand from Sam's Club. Really? Yeah, I like it better than the than the uh, really? the little Debbie snack one here. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a strong statement. Because it got more of like a um like the the frosting or whatever. It's just like a a better texture in my wow. opinion. Because the little Debbie, it kind of be like a little chalky sometimes. Mm. A little like a little granular. Yeah, but yeah. But, but the thing about it though, that all changes when you put it in the microwave for fifteen seconds. Yeah. That's you just, true. You just stepped your honey bun game up, sir. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you put that motherfucker, I think the the the, the highest level level of honey bun, the honey bunness is when you take a honey bun, you put it in for 15 seconds and you get a big a big scoop of peanut butter and you slather it all over that hot honey bun mm-hmm. right there. Like right when you get it out the microwave, have the peanut butter ready. Peanut butter. And it melts the peanut butter and then you just like, god damn, I'm from the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I heard of uh <laughs> I heard of putting butter on it. Somebody told me putting butter on it is legit. Oh man, they just want to die, bro. I think that I think the best microwaved honey bun that I've had is the Hostess one, though. Wow, the, it's something about the way because the Hostess one is chalky too. Like mm. it, I think I think they know that we're gonna make a nasty honey bun room temperature, but it's gonna be fire when you put it in the in the microwave. It's gonna taste like you just baked it. Yeah, for sure. But the thing yeah. about it, honey buns are not baked; they're fried. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah but they yeah. taste it's like fried they, bread. Yeah, they taste like mm-hmm. they make that should be good as a motherfucker, mm-hmm. boy. Man, you know who be making? And I never eat there. I never do. But I knew some chicks that worked in the mall at a Cinnabon back in the day, and uh, I was like, "Let me get them one straight out the oven." It's like we can't give you those; they're just we have to let them cool. I was like, "Man, fuck that." <laughs> Give me that goddamn honey bun on there and put some frosting on it. It's like, all right, all right. Yeah. Man, that shit was so good. Oh my God. That shit yeah. was burning my mouth, but it was good as a motherfucker. Yeah, I'm about to walk. I'm about to drive to the mall right now. Yeah. Them mugs is fire. I get mine with the pecans on it, though. There, I remember back in the day, too, because working in the mall back in the day was like a cool job. Mm-hmm. And uh, you start to kind of build relationships with other people around your age that work in the mall. And I was like 20. No, mm-hmm. I was like 21, and uh, it was it used to be a Panda Express over at the Valley Plaza. There's this little chick that worked there. She's probably like 19. Mm-hmm. She's real cute, though. And I used to like, I don't know, I, I was, how do you call it? Like, I used to like flirt with her in a way to where she would always give me extra shit. Mm. And it would be, the plate would be so big, I'm like, damn. Like, you know how a Panda now, they'd be like scooping some in, mm-hmm. and they'd be doing that. Back then, they had a big, they just had a big scooper, and you could put as much, the, it's like the employees put as much shit as they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, let me get some orange chicken. And I, I never got more than a two entree because it would be too much food. Mm-hmm. I get a two entree. She's like, you want chow mein and rice? I'm like, yeah. And I'd be like, so what you up to today? Uh, I'll probably get off, and I got to do a bunch of homework and this and that. Mm-hmm. And by the time we get through talking, I got a swollen plate. Baby, fat. I could barely close the lid. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. And I would <laughs> walk off. And then I would, what I would do is I would, if like it was some girl that really had a crush on my homeboy, right, that I used to work with. She had a big, she used to always ask for him every time I would go to, it was a place called Auntie Anne's, a little hot dog. Yeah. It was like a pretzel place. Yeah. They used she, to add a little uh, yellow and blue uniforms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she used to always ask for him. Mm-hmm. Always. And uh, I remember... She would ask, and I'd be like, yeah. I was like, he's back there, but he's at work. He's like, you, you give him a hot dog if you want. And it, he would be his, it would be his off day. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, hey, just, just get us some of those those uh, pretzel dogs in there. Mm-hmm. Straight out the oven. She would mm-hmm. give us, like, give me, like, six of them. It was bomb, though. Yeah. Because instead of it being a hot dog, it was almost like a sausage, almost. Like yeah. a, like almost like a like Polish. A beef, a beef one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would be fire. Mm-hmm. She's like, you want the ones, you want the fresh ones, or you want the ones, they've been here for probably like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, shit, I'll take both. 
This niggas. Me and, me and my homie. food con artist. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was a food manipulator. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Would you bust him down by yourself or would you nah, give him nah, some? No, nah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't eat that many glizzies by myself. <laughs> I split them. I split them yeah. amongst, amongst the crew. The young glizzy monster. Yeah, man. I remember uh, working at Sears was a trip, though, back in the day because the, the amount the amount of women that worked there, mm-hmm. that even the married women that would flirt with my coworkers was wild. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Mm-hmm. Like we would see their husbands come to the job and pick them up, but these same women was in there like, uh, like trying to holler at the homeboy. Like, so what are you doing after work or this mm-hmm. and that? Like, what do you do for fun? Mm-hmm. This is like 32 year old women, bro. Yeah. And we was like 21. Yeah. 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. That's, that's sad, man. As a you know, it goes both ways. But as a mm-hmm. as a as a husband, to have your wife, you know, at work flirting with the the young nigga at the job. That's wild. That's bro. sad, bro. I remember. I'm not gonna say no names or whatever. I'll leave this you know open because I don't want to you know incriminate anybody. But it was a chick that worked at the job, and one of the homies was smacking her. And I remember um, she was about to get married. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sh- and she was blowing him up like, hey, we need to hang out before I get married. Like, I want to hang out one last time. Mm-mm. She was trying to get smashed before her wedding. Well, and I, I what, was like. what lo- lo- Logistically, though, like if you're going to cheat before, if you're going to cheat before you get married, like you think that some binding thing under God is like, you know, that much different. <laughs> oh, man, you're getting blown up today. They're hitting your phone. Yeah, it's calendar notifications. Oh, okay. No, it's it, it, it's a sad occasion, man. And mm-hmm. we went really far left. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys get the gist of it. Mm-hmm. I think once you stray so far away from a topic, I think it's important to move on. <laughs> For sure. All right, man. We're gonna go ahead and wrap it up with this last topic here. You know, like we had mentioned, uh, yeah, I got it. I'm actually doing this before work, and uh, you know, Keith has to take off. But we thought it was extremely important to give people content, man. Yeah, no excuses. We don't like to miss weeks. We don't like to miss any time. We've we have managed to never miss a week of content in over five years, mm-hmm. right? And we're you know, I'm busy. I'm at work. Keith's got things going on, but mm-hmm. we come together as a as a collaborative every week to get this done. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears. Are you being nice or foolish? I think there's a fine line between there. Mm-hmm. You could be a kind person, but being kind and nice and giving to the wrong people gives you no benefits. And I'm not saying you should do everything for benefits. But what happens is, is when you exhaust your kindness on people who don't receive it, you end up punishing yourself, man. Mm-hmm. Because you could have actually exhausted that energy on people who want things for themselves. I remember just recently there's a conversation that resurfaced about Jay-Z giving a family member money for a business, right? And Jay-Z turned that person down. And then people say, well, that guy's worth this much money. How could you turn down a family member? Well, first of all, we need to stop telling people how to spend their money, right? And second of all, it's not about the money. It's about the principle. If you're asking me for money for a business, are you presenting any business plan? Do you have any analytics? Do you have any type of, uh, of, of history or, you know, uh, anything showing that you are serious about what you're asking for? Or do you think it's just okay to ask me for, was it was it $1,500, I think it was? Yeah, I forget the number. That's like, dog, if you're really starting a business, it depends on what it is. A small, super small business, $1,500. But 
he's not trying to do a business for $1,500. This guy is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So it's just, I think some people have a sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also, when you just give to people, it becomes an expectation. Yeah. They just expect you to give them shit. And then also, these be the same people that don't pay you back. Yeah. It's like, you ever had a motherfucker ask you for something on three occasions, but they didn't pay you back the first time? Mm-hmm. You just think I'm a fool now. That's yeah. the thing. You you just think I'm a fool. You think that you could just keep asking me for shit. Mm-hmm. And what's wild, too, is when you start coming into a little bit of money, and, and I'll say this, and it happened to me, and I'm not the dude that... Uh, I'm not like this baller truck driver, dude. I make a decent living. That's it. Mm-hmm. The amount of money that people ask you for is different. Like before when you weren't making no money, they'd be like, you got like 10 or 15 bucks. But then it turned out like, do you know if I could get like $320, $250? I'm like, what? And before yeah. you know it, you're giving people $600, $250, $310. And it's like, dog, that's not it, man. Yeah, And you don't want to say no all the time because it's like, you know what? I got it. But just because you have it don't mean you need to be giving motherfuckers money. Mm-hmm. You, you got to ask yourself, too. The people that you giving stuff, if the shoe was on the other foot, would they do it? Even if they had it, would they do it? Yeah. If the answer is no, you got to stop being foolish, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think like you were saying, in terms of this Jay-Z situation, a lot of people... Um, don't really understand like financial literacy. No. So they think that um, a person with a billion dollars is just like a frivolous spender. Yeah. But a lot of times the reason why they got to where they are, even, you know, even if they're a millionaire, um, the reason why they got to where they are is because they got a tight, you know, they got a tight wad. Like they understand that, you know, um, they got budgets every month for certain things. They, you know, they have X amount of dollars in their savings and they got X amount of dollars here. And then they move that way throughout their life. You know, it's not a thing where I'm sure Jay-Z has uh, the ability to, um, you know, buy, you know, go to the fancy restaurants and, and things like that. But I'm sure there is still some type of budget implemented, even at the magnitude of his lifestyle. So I just say that to say, like, everything is calculated. It's not like... um I'm just investing this fifteen hundred or four thousand or whatever my cousin is asking for just because he got a dope idea, and you know, like you were saying, also like uh, the conversation around it, like we got to really stop telling people what to do with their money, man. <clears throat> it's a lot of people that, um, and I said this before, it's a lot of people that have a lot of opinions about what Jeff Bezos is doing, what Mark Cuban is doing, what all these guys are doing with their money. And they don't spend the equivalent, no. you know, in terms of their own net worth. When they go to Taco Bell and they say, hey, do you want to round up to send, you know, for the kids college fund nope. or whatever the case may be? They say no. So it's like these are the same people that's like, man, they need to do this and they need to do that. What I'm never going to do is tell Jay-Z what to do with his money. No. But I will learn from him and right. you know try to, you know, maybe if I don't necessarily agree with him, you know, as far as like not giving his cousin some money maybe i could like really just try to understand why and look at the, yeah. the look at the reason behind it more so than just him being greedy cuz but you got to think about it too you can't even say that about Jay-Z this nigga like bought Lil Wayne's masters this nigga helped uh Meek Mill get out of prison like as much as he's really doing for people i don't even understand how you can try to like 
uh, say something negatively about him for not giving his cousin some few thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Actually, the number was 4,800. His resurfaced clip shows billionaire Jay-Z explaining why he refused to lend his cousin $4,800. Mm-hmm. Uh, people questioning billionaire rapper Jay-Z after a clip of him uh, claiming he wouldn't give his cousin a loan resurfaced. During a 2022 episode of Kevin Hart's Celebrity Talk show called Heart to Heart, the rapper was discussing how money can come between friends and family. Jay-Z then described scenario in which his cousin asked him a loan for $4,800 to fund a business venture uh, that they say could make $2 million in return. Wow. Uh, you got to explain to him life isn't like that. Money isn't free. No one's giving out opportunities. And then he like, oh, you don't believe in my dreams? He said in the April 22 episode, the rapper never clarified whether he or not he or not the situation he was describing was real or only hypothetical. No, it was real. Uh, but here's the thing. He said, you don't believe in my dreams. That's not how it works. You want to turn $4,800 into $2 million. That means you got some serious market research. That means if you could turn $4,800 into $2 million, then you got you must have graphs all over your house. You you got you got supply and demand results. You got motherfucking you got everything. You you have comparable businesses that have earned this much money over time. Yeah. If you don't have none of that, I feel like from an entertainment standpoint, I would give you forty eight hundred dollars. If I seen you had all that shit, yeah. I say, hey, you know what? Forty eight hundred forty eight hundred ain't shit. Yeah. It ain't nothing to me. Let yeah. me give him the money because this dude, this dude showing me graphs. This dude is sending me emails. This dude is sending me market research. He's he got, got all pitch. this. Yeah, he got a real pitch. You know mm. what the best pitch to do to somebody who is extremely successful? Especially if they're your family member. And if you're serious about your business, be like, hey, look, hey, cuz, hey, cuz, I know you're not here for no business. You're here to chill with family. I'm not going to hold you. I've been working on this for this amount of time. I've got this going on. If you feel like this is worth your time and worth any investment, here's my card. And uh, I would appreciate, you know, I would enjoy doing business with you in the future. And leave it alone. But the because thing- the, the, uh, 50 Cent said this, sorry. 50 <laughs> Cent said the best way to get help from someone is to appear you don't need it. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way because if yeah. you if you come to somebody and say, "Hey, man, I need help," they tend to look at you different. And it's not being fake. The people that usually get help from somebody are the ones that appear to not need it. They've got a bunch of resources. They got a bunch of stuff set up, and they more or less give you a card to basically say, "Hey, if you want to be a part of this, mm-hmm. not like I need this." There's yeah. a big difference between the two. Yeah, I think one of the things that a, a lot of people fail to listen to in in this conversation is, you know, he was alluding to the fact that this happens over holidays and stuff like 100%. that. You know, you pulling up to, you know, the Christmas dinner with the fam and you just want to kick it and enjoy yourself and catch up. And then, you know, it's niggas bombarding you with business ideas. It's like, you know, you know, this the timing of it is bad, too. You know, like I think that it's it's even great to have the conversation. Like like you said, if it's presented in the right way, like. Whether it's, you know, January 21st or, uh, you know, the middle of November, whatever the case may be. But <clears throat> I think that, you know, that timing of it is, is definitely important. Because as, as, as a person like Jay-Z, I would imagine, you know, probably like 
11 and a half months out of the year, he probably focused on, you know, the alcohol company and, Mm. you know, his partnerships with the NFL and preparing for the halftime show and all like all these like business, business, business. And I would imagine like when you uh, let go of all that, you just want to catch up and see what like people are doing and, you know, laugh and reminisce and stuff like that. You don't want to be bombarded with business ideas. You know what else, too? If you've done proper market research, that means you've researched your cousin who is Jay-Z and you're not trying to pitch him something that he's already fucking doing. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. If you've done enough market research and your item or whatever you're trying to create or sell, it needs to be original original enough to gain interest from someone who is an investor. If I'm an investor and I already have this much stock of this or I've already invested in this idea why would i want the same idea from someone else yeah it's sir it does not serve me see when people are billionaires they they tend to deal with things that serve them so you got to be careful if you have an original say hey i've created this ergonomic chair right this chair does this over time or this chair does this Mm -hmm. um i'm going to i've mass produced or i have this many chairs that i've sold uh, they've got great reviews. It could be something, I'm literally, believe it or not, something like a chair could get Jay-Z's attention. You know what it is? It's, uh, we, we had that analogy, like, if your car breaks down and you push in your car, people are more likely to. There you, you go. So, if you're uh, related to Jay-Z, and this just applies to really any situation, but if you related to Jay-Z, and let's say, for example, you want to be a filmmaker, Right. You go to NYU, you get your degree, you got a couple short films going, and then all of a sudden, you know, Jay-Z, he got his, he done produced like two or three uh, films, he got a couple documentaries under his belt, um, and you just moving, you know what I'm saying? You know in your mind, like, dang, I would love to work with my cousin, I would love to work with my uncle, but you know you know that's your ultimate goal, but you still, you know, busting out your camera and shooting short films, you, you might have gotten into a couple film festivals and maybe got a notable uh, internship, you know, writing on SNL or something like that. Jay-Z is a person that he's always, he always got his ear to the streets. He know the the up and coming, you know, artists, musicians, R&B singers and stuff like that. And if it, if it makes it to his way, I'm sure he would be more than happy to, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, you know, like let's, I want you on a staff, you know, for this movie, you could be a production assistant when I, when we do the Heart of Day Fall 2 or, you know, we, we about to, you know, ramp up Rockefeller or Rock Nation Films. We about to do a TV show. I want you on a writing staff or I want mm-hmm. you to be, a you know, a, an assistant producer or something like that. So I just think that um, when you like like I said, when you when you got a goal in mind, you know, the, the biggest thing to do is just get into action. And then, yeah. you know, you got to figure out the communication on the back end. But it's not like sitting stagnant mm-hmm. and hoping that, you know, somebody just going, the money going to fall from the sky and then like you're going to get an opportunity. It'll work like that. Like, mm-hmm. for example, uh, whether it's uh, just some major podcast, let's say some new podcast company, right? Mm-hmm. Some new podcast company uh, popped up mm-hmm. and they said, hey, um, we want to get you guys on a prove it, like a prove it deal. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to get you guys. We're going to pay you guys uh, $20,000 for two years of content. We'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, there's no way you could pay us that. That's chump change. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because 
we've been doing this shit over five years. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get a you're not gonna get somebody look like like us on a prove it deal. And the reason why is we have the work as a mm-hmm. reference. Mm-hmm. We have years of no miss weeks. We have years of increased analytics over time. So you you can't sell us on that, is what I'm saying. You yeah. just mentioned the car thing. The car analogy is probably the best one. If somebody sees you pushing your car by yourself down the street, people are more likely to help you. But if you're standing next to your car and looking around and you're hoping for someone to help you push it and you got your hazard lights on and you're like, is somebody going to help me? No one gives a fuck. You haven't even taken the initiative to get it and push the motherfucker yourself. Yeah. You, you got your car mm-hmm. broken down in the middle of the street and you ain't got it out the street. Yeah. Start moving it, buddy. I would say... Um, even for me, and I'm not Jay-Z by any means, when uh, people will hit me up, like, hey, um, like, for example, there was a girl who uh, who hit me up and she was like, um, I would, you know, is there any way I can schedule a meeting with you? Uh, do you have like a, a, a calendar where, you know, people can set up a meeting or whatever? And uh, I was like, no, I don't really have anything like that. But like, what are you you know, what's the meeting about? Um, and she was saying like, well, she wants to, um, she's been working on a, uh, a, a TV show and she would like to meet with me and, you know, potentially, you know, see if I would, would join on, you know, the project and if I would be the, you know, like the cinematographer and all these different things. And I told her straight up, I was like, well, I'm a little, um, I'm too busy at the moment. I'm working on my own project, but I said, you know, we could probably revisit this conversation, um, you know, probably like closer to the end of the year. And I uh, I also told her too, like, you know, we let's have the conversation when you're actually done. You know, mm-hmm. don't we don't there's no reason to like meet when mm-hmm. the project is like halfway finished or it's like mm-hmm. 70. Even if it's 90 percent done, there's still no reason to meet because you got so much work to to. You know, the biggest thing is just like like we were talking about business plans mm-hmm. and stuff like that. In terms of this world that I live in, the biggest thing is execution. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a person and you're not getting paid like a paid screenwriter or something like that, the biggest thing is can you actually finish a project? And a lot of times yeah. like people want to meet and they want to like chummy it up about like ideas. Um, one of the things that my writing mentor told me when I was – I was writing and I wasn't actually finishing. I wasn't writing as much as I I should have been. And um, we were just talking about ideas like, man, what about in the second act if if this happens Mm -hmm. and in this scene this happens and this happens. And one of the things he told me, he was like, man, what we're doing right now is like having the podcast about the film. He's like, you're not actually giving me any pages to read you're not giving me an actual film we're just talking yeah we're just talking so there's not really any reason for us to you know keep meeting if you're not churning out the pages um so i say that to say like it's it's about life is about execution it's not about chopping it up it's not about podcasting about a bunch of ideas it's not about you know meeting yo yo cousin that's successful and you know throwing you know, this elevator pitch at him with no actual research, and yeah, it's ridiculous. no development to it. Um, it's about execution. Yeah. Life is not about, I was thinking about, I was thinking about in <laughs> a bunch of what about isms. No one yeah. cares. Yeah. You have to have a plan in action. Mm-hmm. And you also, you can, I could see someone's seriousness based on how we have conversations. Like yeah. people were like, Hey, I want to start a podcast. Uh, oh, now you get notifications. 
shit. <laughs> Anyways, I want to start a podcast. What do I do? Nah, and I, it's all the time. And bro. it's like, bro, if I don't have a problem. If you ask, it's different. If you ask me, hey, what's good equipment I could use? No problem. I could send you that. Yeah. Right? But if you're like, how do I start a podcast? Like, brother, there's that information's all over the fucking internet. I'm not yeah. Google, man. Yeah, we figured it out. Yeah, that that's in, that's insane. Yeah. So, yeah. It it is one thing like it is it's great like to to uh develop relationships, right? You know. And I think for me, you know, when I approach uh these certain things where I may be asking somebody for something or I'm reaching out to somebody that's a little bit more successful than me, I'm bringing something to the table. 100%. You know, I'm not just bringing like just a green person that's walking into the room. I'm bringing, yeah. you know, I'm bringing results. So yeah, yeah. you need to be offering value. I yeah. told Keith an example of something. Let's say I see someone that's at a high corporate level in podcasting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's some questions I may have about certain metrics or whatever the case. And I see this person. If I don't have anything in that moment to offer them, let's say I meet them at a restaurant. They're about to order. Um, and I and I ask them the question, I'll be like, hey, hold that. I'm paying for both of us, mm-hmm. right? So I'm paying for your time. I'm paying for your food, not to, you know, to try to, you know, own you, but mm-hmm. it's offering some level of value in that moment. Mm-hmm. See, the problem with us too, we ask for too much while offering nothing. Yeah. You need to be offering some level of value to the person, even if it's For like, sure. if it's like, hey man, like I'm a big guy, so if if I have questions about something, I'm like, hey man, well, if you ever need security, you know, let me know. Yeah, I can come down, and you know, if you need security, you need somebody to help you do this. Yeah, hey, if you need uh, some help moving these items over here, let yeah. me know. Whatever the case. Yeah, but it, that's the thing. Like, you got to see, like you said, what you you what you can bring to the table. But if you got access to something like that, that's why I feel like people don't really be like, they don't really, you just don't have it. And it's, mm-hmm. and it, and I don't know how you can get it. But if you think about like, you know, like what I was saying with Jay-Z, if Jay-Z is my cousin, my uncle, whatever the case may be, you know, I'm doing my own private research. I'm, you know, working on my skills in, in whatever capacity, you know, I'll just keep it in the film world because that's what I do. Um when I'm coming to him, you know, I'm coming to him, let's say I have a movie. Um, I'm coming to him with the full 110-page movie done. I'm also coming to him with maybe an actor attached to it. You know, mm-hmm. hey, what's up? What's up, Cuddy? I, I, um, I got this movie. Uh, I actually already got John David Washington attached to it. Um, I talked to his agent. They said they, they would love to do the movie. Um, you know, all I need is, you know, some, some production power, you know, I already got the storyboards. I got, you know, uh, different looks. I got different cinematographer. I got a cinematographer attached to it. I got my guy over here that went to USC film school to do the score. Um, Ludwig wants to do whatever the case may be. Like you come into him with stuff and then he like, yo, this is like bananas. Like this is, you know, so, and it just kind of gives you that, that upper hand in in those conversations. And I think even for him, he would be impressed. Like, yo, like, Hey man, we can't do that right now, but like, let's revisit this conversation in like a year. A hundred percent. Here's the thing too. I think you want to find the best way to articulate yourself in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that even if that moment has not yet 
if that moment has not yet made itself available to you, you want to try to articulate it in your mind. How am I going to talk to someone that with the level of importance yeah. that has access that I need? How am I going to speak to these people in a way that's quick, that's that's digestible, and that is non-bothersome? Because if you're the guy like, I do this, I do this, I come over here, I do this, and I do this, I've been doing this, I've been doing... They don't want to hear that. It sounds like a pitch. Yeah. When you can make something quick and direct and confident and you find a way to articulate yourself, they're going to say, okay, this guy wants it. For sure. This guy found a way to um, deliver this message quick to me. You know, if you could deliver it in 30 seconds, I'm talking about 30 seconds. That's all they need. You know what it is? And I'll just speak from myself, like mm-hmm. being in that role of the person giving somebody an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like from a filmmaker's perspective, if somebody reaches out to me and um, they say like, hey, man, I've been writing this screenplay. I've been doing this. Or I've been doing that. If I look at this, they email it to me and I look at the screenplay and it's not formatted properly because there's a there's a st- certain structure to to what a screenplay should look like. If it's not f- formatted properly, I already know that's industry standard. And everybody would do the same. If you get a screenplay that's not formatted properly, if you type your screenplay in a Word document, then they just going to throw it in the trash because they already know it's not a good screenplay. Um, same thing like for, you know, I'm, I'm uh, auditioning actors right now. One of the things that I was look for, looking for when I, when I visited these people and I'm doing like Zoom auditions, um, you know, one, do they have, you know, the acting ability. Um, two, do they look like the, the character or how I imagine the character would look? Um, and then three, like their preparedness, right? Are they coming to this audition knowing the lines? Um, it may be that if they don't have it memorized, do they know them well enough to be able to kind of like emote, you know, while they're, while they're saying these lines? Because right. some people were showing up and they were just saying like, they were saying their own words, and it's cool to like, you know, freestyle a little bit here and there, improv the lines a little bit. But some there were some people that we were doing the audition and they were missing entire lines. <laughs> like they they said the first two lines and they skipped all the way down to like the line at the end of the end of the scene. So I was like, yeah, I can't like you can't you can't work with that. You know, so I just say that there's a certain level of professionalism. Um, and even if you're not a professional, a certain level of preparedness that, you know, people that are in, you know, positions executive positions that they that they like and they appreciate and um that's going to get you much further than just yep. saying hey cousin loan me this much this much money yeah it doesn't work that way yeah, yeah. let's go ahead man and uh shut this shit down gotta go ahead and get to work man and um yes sir keith has got a game he's gonna be watching what time are you taking off tomorrow you know uh knowing it's a lot of moving parts so probably mm. around like two two-ish it's a little late man y'all gotta get out earlier than that yeah my girl she she has to work uh, oh fuck on saturday yeah she picked up some extra hours so she can get some bread yeah so all right well uh all right well everybody wish keith a safe travels yeah man if you see me on uh park you see me on uh um on tv just know know i'm saying this is my advice to keith and everyone else going out to that game be very aware of where you're parking because there's a lot of smash and grabs in San Francisco and they are doing nothing about it. It's, we, the, the stadium's not in San Francisco, though. Oh, I know, yeah. 
it's a where, where it's in Santa uh, Santa Clara. Santa Clara, yeah. Yeah, but either way, just in the Bay Area in general, there's a mm-hmm. lot of motherfuckers smashing and grabbing shit. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's happening not just in Oakland or mm-hmm. in Frisco. It's happening a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be aware where yeah, you guys, sure. wherever you wherever you go, just make sure you read those fucking comments. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got my car broken into three times, but the sandwiches are amazing. <laughs> You're like, nigga, ain't no sandwich that good. You got yeah. me fucked up. Yeah, it is some good. Like, we, I think last time we was out there, we went to like a little, so it was like a little fish spot in Oakland. So, yeah, you definitely got to be aware. Yeah, don't go out there no more. Don't go to Oakland at all. <laughs> go, go to like Napa Valley or something. Yeah. It might be a good fish, but the problem is, is y'all not from there. So, you are blind to what areas are problematic. Yeah. Also, and I hate to say this, if you do go to a fish spot in Oakland, keep your windows rolled down. Yeah. Because it's that bad that they are smashing your windows, taking shit out of it, mm-hmm. or smashing it, and they don't find nothing of value, and they just leave. You know who really got the, the fish spots down is Grant Cohn. Because he'd be doing like the little, he'd be on his little lives, he'd be telling people where to go eat, like right. visitors if they come in from out of state or something. Oh, okay. Well, that'll yeah, work. Put the stuff on there. So. All right. Well, if you made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Head on over to ATM Pod for a friendly donation. Mm-hmm. Um, head on over to a truckersmind.com to purchase um, some merch we have there, some nice fit, some not fitted caps, but um, some 3D puffed embroidered hats. Uh, trucker caps there. Uh, also head over to a underscore truckers mind underscore podcast at, on Instagram to follow to the uh, uh, podcast IG account. And oh, head over to YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. You know that subscribe button. Subscribe, man. We're trying to get our numbers up there. You mm-hmm. haven't been there too long, but we're trying to get that thing rolling. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We're out of here. Peace.